Hey, y'all, this is Eric, and you're listening to Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. What's going on, guys? Eric here with Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. Uh, this is going to be a little bit different of an episode. It's probably going to be a pretty long one. Um, this is going to be a mix of Truck Talk, Truck Talk Tuesdays, episode six, with our very first guest. His name is uh, J.D. Cobb. He's out of Cobb County, Georgia. And he actually has his own podcast called Drawback Outdoors. Y'all go check him out. And um, yeah, so we're going to be covering a lot of updates that have happened in the past week. Some um, developments, some things to be excited about. And let's get into it. So if y'all listened to last week's podcast, you heard that I got my in-laws property back. And a week prior to that, I had put their, or I'd put a camera out on their property, putting a tracks block. If y'all have not used or found a tracks yet, go find it. Cause this thing, it's unbelievable, man. I mean, it, I said it in the last one, I'll say it again. It's the best stuff on the market by far. I, uh, put the, put the feed in the camera out on a Friday morning, pulled the card yesterday and I'm blown away. I mean, I know that Rockdale County has got some good bucks and I know for sure that this place holds great potential, but I was shocked. There's a buck on there that I decided, thanks to my brother-in-law to name Chicken Little. Um, he's, he's a very unique deer and a monster at that, in my opinion. He's got one side that, I mean, it's got to be at least 100 inches. It's... It's a, it's a solid, solid deer. He, um, but then his left side looks like a chicken foot and it's kind of small. So he's on the hit list. I mean, he's a unique, a unique buck. You know, I'm not all about inches. It, I'm, I don't care so much about score. I mean, I definitely do care numbers, you know, matter in that respect, but I care a lot more about a deer's characteristics. And this is probably the coolest looking deer I've ever seen. Um, he's also one of the biggest deer, at least on one side that I've probably ever seen. Also, he, um, has a running buddy or sorry, not a running buddy, a running buddy, um, who I've seen this deer for a few years. He's never been on the hit list. He's never really gotten my eye other than just being unique. I don't know what's going on with the genetics on this property, but almost every single deer, except maybe two or three of them, they've got funky racks and it's interesting. You know, it's cool to see deer that, that have unique racks because, as much as I love a nice, slick eight-pointer, I really like, you know, a funky-looking deer. So, uh, yeah, the other deer that is smaller than Chicken Little, I've named him Squiggles because his antlers kind of look like a squiggly line. Um, he's an eight-pointer now. He's about the same size, if not a little bit bigger than the prayer buck. And, I mean, if he shows up, I probably am going to give him the beans. I mean, he would be a really cool mount. He, he's got a lot of characteristics to him. He's got a lot of character. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited about that. I'm probably going to go hit that property the Sunday of opening weekend, depending on what the next camera pull looks like. Cause the, the system I'm on right now is pretty much put feed out over at my granny and gramps place where bluey and pickles are. That's going to be my main spot. That's going to be where I go when the public land hunts aren't happening. And if I can't keep my in-law spot once they move, that's pretty much going to be my primary spot. And Bluey and Pickles have been daylighting for the past four days. 
I think today is the first day they haven't, and it's probably because they've eaten all the food. I mean, it's going to happen. You know, you put a tracks out, it's not going to last long. Um, but yeah, that place is shaping up to be a really good spot. Um, I go out there maybe once every two weeks. Sometimes I'll go once a week, depending on, you know, how close it is to season. But yeah, it, it, I'm very excited about that place. As far as the in-laws place goes, um, I'm only going out there once every two weeks. I'm strict about that. That place is where I pretty much ruined that spot last year, chasing after Hercules. And I, I just don't want it, you know, with the limited time that I have at that place, I don't want to mess it up. So with Chicken Little and Squiggles both being on the hit list now, I mean, we've got five deer. And actually, there might be another one. I named him Forky because he's a big forkhorn. He, he, might, he might make the list. I'm not really too sure, but officially there are five deer on the hit list. I hope to get at least one of them, you know? And I may take pickles off. I don't really know. He, he's kind of, he's not growing as big as I thought he was going to, but he does have a lot of character as well. So I don't know. I mean, if he shows up, I might get a little itchy finger, you know what I mean? A little itchy trigger finger. But um, yeah, that place I'm so excited about. I, I put another block out yesterday and I can't wait to pull the card again. I'm going to pull it probably the week, probably the week before season one of those weekdays if I can find time to go out there work has been absolutely insane I mean we're staying busy I I had to work a 14-hour day on Friday which usually doesn't happen um but hey gotta chase that money man um you gotta do what you gotta do you know to support your family so anyway uh, a couple more updates like I said this this episode is gonna be mixed in with the JD Cobb episode we also have confirmation of a big dog coming on in the next three to four weeks. I'm not going to say who it is yet, but y'all stay tuned. It's, I can't even believe that this is happening. Um, my close buddies know who it is. I told him the day that I got the confirmation from this guy that he was going to come on. Um, I've been watching him since I was a kid and Hey, y'all, y'all do your homework. Y'all investigate. You, you might, you'll probably figure out who it is. Um, but I can't wait for that. I've looked up to this guy since I was little, and he's a freaking magician. He is a master at what we do. So look forward to that, and that's almost it. I've got I've got plans this Saturday to go back out to public land, pull my camera, see what's going on. Hopefully, it's taking some pictures. Hopefully, some big bucks show up. I've been seeing pictures of deer on this on this uh, WMA, at least supposedly on this WMA that there's some good good deer out there this year i'm i'm very excited opening weekend i'm probably gonna go to gramps and granny's place that morning saturday morning and saturday evening we're going out to this wma and then sunday morning i'll hit my in-laws place if if all the data looks good if not i might go back to public i don't know it just kind of depends i've got to put my hasmore seat on my climber today and shoot the bow a little bit make sure it's still doing good yesterday i shot it was shooting a little to the right but it was too dark i didn't have enough time to adjust it so i'll shoot it again today we'll see if it's still shooting darts or if i got a tinker um always tinkering man there's always something you can do if that's if that bow is shooting you know straight darts then you might be good but you got to practice you'll lose that muscle in your shoulder 
whatever draw weight you're at, if you're not constantly pulling that bow back, you'll start. It'll start becoming a little bit harder to pull back. Um, oh, and I I want to say happy birthday to my beautiful wife uh, today. While I'm recording this, is her birthday. I actually just got back from the store to get her some some goodies, some some flowers, um, some stuff for dinner tonight. Got her a little a little cake, you know, nothing too fancy. But yeah, she's uh, she's amazing, y- y'all. I-, I can't even begin to tell you how blessed I am. She supports me on everything that I do with this. She's offered to, you know, help out with the podcast. Um, she's she's my rock, man. I mean, she really is. So, anyway, enough of the sappy stuff. Let's go ahead and get JD on, and let's let's talk about it. Some of the things we're gonna cover is. The Jordan buck, he's never heard of it, so I'm going to fill him in on that story. He's also never heard of the Rompola buck, which a lot of podcasts and a lot of YouTube channels and stuff have been covering that deer. Um, That is probably the most controversial deer in history. And we're going to talk about what I think about it, what he thinks about it, and basically come up with our own conclusions. I mean, it's people have gotten into fights over this deer. You know, people want to say it's real. People want to say it's not. I'll get deeper into it on the rest of this episode, but yeah, y'all stay tuned. Listen to it. We're going to cover our bow and arrow setups, our gear setups, our hopes for the season. We'll talk about his podcast a little bit. I'll let him cover all that and let's get to it. We got Mr. JD Cobb on. What's going on, buddy? What's going on, man? How you doing? Oh man, can't complain. Just got home after a long, long day. Um, yeah we had um my wife's birthday dinner and she's not feeling too good so she's upstairs right now just relaxing you there not feeling good on her birthday no man it's terrible thankfully we had another one yesterday with the whole family but tonight we just did it with uh with her parents and uh yeah man she she'd got Oh, she had that at least. Oh, well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you know, me and uh, me. So my coworkers are shooting the bow. Hell yeah, man! I wish I could be there. We're that Disney, like fun. Uh, You're doing what? You cut out. Getting his new site sighted in. Nice, nice. Yeah. Speaking of sites, figure we'd start this off with your gear setup so for people who are listening if you want to uh kind of just go through what gear you're using um talk about you know your bow your stands any sense you use camo brands yada 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 all the good stuff okay all right sweet um let's see as far as bow goes i've got a bear paradox uh it's a 2021 model the single cam um i I like it it's yeah single cam is not as fast but it's a hell of a lot smoother to pull back. I love it. Hey, man, it's a bear, so that's that's really all that matters. <laughs> um, let's see. I've got, as far as my arrow setup, uh, I'm running Victory Arrows. I've got 411 grains, uh, pretty standard, uh, 350 spine, uh, 29 and 3 eighths long. Okay. Okay. Good length. What about stand setup? What stands are you using? 
You there? I think we might have lost him. You there? I'm here. Hello. I think we lost you. Oh, man. Oh, you're good. <laughs> the last thing that we got was uh, arrows, the weight, oh. and uh, I think right. I think that's when we lost you. Okay. All right. So, it was uh, 411 grain victory arrows, uh, pretty standard, 350 spine. And um, as far as my stands, I've got uh, the – what is it? The wild game innovations or, or the, no, it's a muddy muddy. I got two muddy stands. Okay. Are those lock-ons or no, uh, I, don't, I don't think muddy makes climbers do that. It's a ladder stand. Oh, it's a ladder stand. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I got two ladder stands. Gotcha. Doing it the real tree way. I see you. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm, I, uh, I climb for a living, so I, I know how saddles feel. I don't want to do that hunting. <laughs> I do it. Enough. Yeah, man. I, I've had people come up to me and, and kind of say, hey, why don't you try the saddle game? And I've looked into it, but it's so expensive, man. And, like, I mean, I'm not knocking saddle hunters at all, but I've heard it's like wearing a diaper. And I don't want a wedgie while I'm trying to kill a deer, you know what I mean? And I've got another coworker of mine. I've got a horror story behind a saddle. Uh, his, oh, Lord. His, uh, I think it was a safety rope or one, one, of the, one of the carabiners or something had snapped. And he fell down, and he uh, he ended up taking half of the inside of his bicep off with the steps. Oh my God, dude! He's got scars for days from that. Damn Lord! Now, when you wear a saddle, because I don't know anything about him, do you not have a uh, like a thing like that? You do, um, but it it's it's like a lengthened piece of rope, so oh. you're fall to the point where that can't go any further. Gotcha. Yeah. So kind of so, like a regular, like, cause I use a muddy safety harness that, I mean, I don't, I don't know how they make them to be where they don't break. I've heard people say that they've got little sections that break, but I mean, thankfully I've never had to test it, but I just don't, you know, personally, I don't really think it's that comfortable. I'm not a huge fan, but you know, you got to wear it. I mean, I'm not trying to be, you know, rolling around or anything like that. So. I lose you again. Oh man, lost him again. What is happening? Hey, I'm I lost you. <laughs> so Muddy actually designed their uh, harnesses after the lineman harness. Really. Uh, yeah, and it's the bucket harness. And so when you're in a bucket, you have a harness on that is it's rated to hold you, I think, for three falls. And then after oh, wow. that, you're supposed to get a new one because of the nylon that stretches and stuff like that. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because the one I've got is like like eight or nine different sections. And for I, I swear I read somewhere that those sections are supposed to break. But it's like if they're going to break, why, I mean, what's the point, you know? I mean, I know it kind of slows your fall down, but you're still falling. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I read that. I'm like, that can't be right, man. There's no way. Cool. Well, let's um let's move on from that. You you mentioned arrows, so I'm curious about your uh 
like how you built your arrows, like fletching, knock, insert, all of that. Like, what are you using? Okay, so I'm using whatever came in the package. Uh, <laughs> I have not. not, I have not built my arrows per se. Uh, had them, you know, of course, you know, cut to the right length, and then yeah. I did have them put in a still factory victory, you know, uh, parts. Yeah, but. It, uh knock or not knock excuse me the the front uh insert yeah to where i get my foc up okay so do you know how many grains they're using on those because i think it's like what 22 26 something like that 22 on the factory and mine are right at uh mine are 34 okay nice so you and i were talking the other day and you said something about your arrow speed yes you want to touch on that a little bit You there? <laughs> oh man, losing them. Let's see if we can get them back. You there? I'm here. Hello. Hey, sorry. I don't know if it's me in the in in my basement or or what's going on. I hear you the whole time. Like even when you lose yeah. me time i'm not sure if it's mine i don't know that's weird maybe i might need to move i don't know we'll try it again if i lose you again i'll move i'll move upstairs and we'll get some some uh, cicadas in the background because those things are going crazy right now yeah i've got a lot of them out here right now (laughs) um hey that's part of drawback outdoors though we're always outdoors yeah man speaking of which i'm glad you brought that up um why don't you talk about the podcast, man? Because I, I, in the intro, I had mentioned it, and I said you were going to go into it a lot more. Um, kind of just, I guess, touch on why you started it, what the goal is, you know, what, what your plans are for that. You know, my goals with it is I don't, I don't really have any goals with it other than I just I like to talk, and I like to talk shop. And I love listening to other podcasts. And one day I was like, you know, and, and I was listening to your podcast, your your mm-hmm. truck Tuesday. Yeah. And I listened to one of those and I was like, you know what? I need to reach out to him because I want to start doing this. And, and then but here we are. Yeah, man. I mean, it, I, I you're the first guest. So hopefully first of many, you know, but um, we've been planning this for about a week. I had to reschedule a couple of times. So I apologize about that. But um, yeah, dude, I mean. Anytime, anytime anyone needs any info or, or advice or whatever, you know, I, I'll talk with anybody. I, I don't, I don't care. So I'm glad that I'm glad you reached out and I'm glad that you're the first guest because you've oh. been, you've been really helpful with, you know, ideas and, and sort of just bouncing back and forth. And I know my wife loves it cause I'm not talking to her about crap that she doesn't care about. <laughs> so, I think, I think yeah. that's my reason as well. <laughs> yeah, man. She, she, it, even today I was t- talking to her about um, one of the deer that I found at my uh, in-laws place and she looked at me and she goes, it's my birthday and you're doing a podcast. I don't want to hear about it. I'm like, all right, sorry. <laughs> my bad. Just my bad. Tell you. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, what, um, so the goal is just kind of see where it goes. Just basically just see where it goes. Uh, just get some more, you know, more more hunting brothers more hunting buddies i mean it's just that's just 
you know, sitting by the fire with everybody. It's yeah. Just... Yeah. That's one thing that I've noticed and I haven't gotten to experience it yet is the whole deer camp vibe. Right. Then, for me, it's like I'm going to, you know, family members places or public land. And yeah, when you go to public land, you kind of have a little bit of a vibe like that. But I mean, really, it, it's sort of you just show up, you go to your spot and you, you set up. There is no once you know say say you go to a camp and there's like 10 people and someone kills a deer there's no celebration over that i mean i guess you could have like a celebration party or something at the house but i I feel like you sort of lose that whole family feeling in a sense or really like an outdoorsy feeling you know where you're with all your buddies and you get to to experience that with everybody not just bring a deer home put in the freezer and then you're done absolutely i I ran into uh because you know uh, you know me as a lineman i travel a lot so i I, we were down in milledgeville yeah and we were actually running fiber through or right next to a hunting camp really yeah and i actually got to see uh all of those members now this is another one that you don't see that often anymore unfortunately but all of the members were sitting out by the fire all of them now, no one, no one shot a deer. No one did anything, but they were all just hanging out together. Yeah, that's what. That's what I wanted wanted to get back to. Yeah. Well, see, you grew up, and we'll touch on this, but I, you grew up in a hunting family, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. yeah. My, my grand uh, my grandfather has. He's a president of a hunting club. My uncle is chief of DNR. He has been for twenty six years. Um. So, yeah, hunting and fishing has been in my family forever. Now, you had an episode, I think it was your first episode, on uh, Drawback Outdoors where you were talking about, um, I think you were talking about your first deer and then another deer you killed, right? Yeah, so it was my first deer, uh, my first deer experience with my grandfather. Mm-hmm. And later on in that episode, yeah, I got into my actual first deer because I went and did two sits with my grandfather before I killed my first. Gotcha. So, for the people who haven't been blessed enough yet to hear the new podcast, why don't you tell us about the, you know, your first deer experience and then the second, the second story? Uh, all right. So, first deer experience was I was maybe five or six years old, and I, he took me out there to a shooting box that he had and a big old, you know, box in blind that was, yep. you know, you know, about 20, 30 feet up. Oh, wow out there and he actually i fell asleep um i fell asleep and uh he had instead i guess the angle of the shot he needed to take he decided that i was in the way mm-hmm. <laughs> so he put the barrel of the gun and the stock the stock of the gun on my arm jeez oh, <laughs> i know where this is going sleep at five years old so i took my earmuff yeah and he didn't he decided not to wake me up and he just took the damn shot and that's really what woke me up and (laughs) i dang it we lost you again i'm gonna move this outside because we can't we can't keep losing you man that it's a hell of a story i don't want people to miss it yeah i know it i know it Let me run outside real quick. I'm sure the listeners are going to enjoy this. Hearing the door close. Having a many cats out the way. Uh, 
So where you were telling about you there? You got me. You were telling me about you. Your grandfather put the stock of the gun right on. Sorry, my cat's in the background freaking out. You were saying that your grandpa put the stock of the gun right on your arm and took a shot and decided to wake you up that way. Yes. That's that uh, a hell of a way to wake up, man. <laughs> it was the best and worst way to wake up possible. Yeah. Uh, you never wake up that quick ever. Uh, <laughs> so good. I, I was awake really quick. Um, and But it was the worst one because, like I said, I... I don't know if I crapped my pants or not, but I know I pissed my pants because I walked around the rest of the day with soaked pants. You know, I was going to ask you if you had to spray down with scent killer after that or not. (laughs) (laughs) I guess not since the deer was already dead, but still. Exactly. So, all right. So the second story. Now, I'm assuming this time you're you're older, right? Yeah. By this time, uh, it had been – this is the second year after the – first time i was around a deer um oh uh, another little kickback on that first deer so after we found the deer you know he was you know field dressing it and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. well he had accidentally nicked the gut with his knife oh that's right i forgot about that yeah so i ended up that all that breakfast that i had that morning i ended up puking in here <laughs> and so i don't that deer or not but that was that was crazy yeah my wife has a story actually i need to get her on and tell it but i'd have to probably do a lot of stuff around the house for her to do that but she told me riding along and hit a hit a deer right down the street from our house and she had never gutted or skinned or anything any animal and she um asked him to show her so when he did Instead of showing her the right way, he decided to go ahead and puncture the guts. And she was telling me she she was like, "That was the worst smelling thing I've ever smelled in my life." I've never done it, thankfully. I hope I never do. But man, so yeah, moving on to the 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 second uh, prelude of that episode was when I was talking about my first deer. Um, yeah. We were uh, my my grandfather took me out and he put me uh, on this stand that was about twenty yards from a creek. Okay. It was coming down a ridge. Um, I had a ridges on both sides, and it was just nestled. That creek was running right between both ridges. And, of course, you know, your first time hunting, you're thinking of, you know, anything that moves, oh, God, that's a deer. Yep. I heard the squirrel behind me, and I turned around, and I had my gun up and ready, and sure enough, it was just a deer. <laughs> I was like, Dang it. So I, I turned back around, got back, you know, being still and all that kind of stuff. And uh, about 80 yards, might have been 83, I think, or 82. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of that ridge, you know, a buck comes down. And, of course, this is my first deer, so it, I'm not trophy hunting. Yep. It, if it's brown, it's down. Yep. So I didn't even look at the antlers. I just pulled. And when I pulled that trigger – it scared the heavenly dog crap out of me because it was again. It, it was a Marlin thirty thirty lever action. Oh and, man! Old and I was I was eight years old, so it scared the crap out of me. Oh yeah, I've shot a couple of those, and even now in my late twenties, it'll still kind of kick you a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I, I like I said in the, in the podcast, uh, I, I don't know if it was him 
Oh, man. Lost you again. I'm outside, too. You there? Yeah. I think I figured out what it is. What is it? My phone screen turns off. You lose me. Ah, that might be what it is. All right. I'm going to keep this thing on. All right. (laughs) We'll try that. So the deer was up about 80 yards and had a perfect heart shot on him. And I actually watched him drop right there in his tracks. And then he slid all the way down to the creek. Oh, no. Uh, luckily, the creek was only about a foot deep, so he is he didn't float off or nothing like that. But yeah. he just slid right down to it, and my grandfather comes up. It seemed like five hours had gone by, but I know it was like maybe twenty thirty minutes. Yeah, only about a, you know about three or four hundred yards away from me. Gotcha. He had come back, and he's like, "I heard you shoot. Where's the deer?" And I'm like, "Just turn around. It's right there behind you in the creek." <laughs> So we found it and we ended up getting it back to the house and cleaning it. He showed me how to actually clean it and, and skin it and all that kind of stuff. And so that was my first real, you know, deer kill. And ever since then, it's just every year I go. Was it a buck? So, like I said, I, I didn't even look at the antlers until afterwards. Uh, once we got down there and put our hands on it, uh, it was a, it was a six point. Okay. Was it like a one and a half year old, two year old, three year old? Might have been. It might have been a year and a half, two at most. It young deer. Yeah, man. I mean, that sounds a lot like mine. My my first time I went out, um, and for you know anyone who hasn't listened to the first episode I put out, I did not grow up in a deer hunting family. Okay. Hunted, he he kind of he was like that typical, you know really go to hang out with the buddies and you know have a good time rather than hunt i mean he's killed some good deer he's got a couple i think he's got an eight pointer that he's shoulder mounted which those northern deer man because he he hunts or he hunted up in um what's like northern illinois and kind of near like wisconsin and all that and the deer bodies up there are like twice the size as down here it's insane big um yeah man and like i remember when i was a kid he told me that he killed a buck and I was like, oh, man, because, you know, I played deer hunter and all that when I was little. I, I remember sitting on their on their computer um, playing deer hunter. Shoot, man, I think it was the first one on a PC with dial up. So you can imagine how old that was. And uh, I was sitting on there and I'd be killing, you know, left and right, just a, just booners on that on that game. So I'm thinking every single deer you kill in the woods is going to be that big. And he comes home and I see it um, on the wall and I'm like. Johnny, that thing's not that big, man. I was like, I thought you killed a big one, and he got all mad. So that was the last time I did that. But um, since then, he's killed some pretty good ones. He's got, I think, a nine pointer that probably is like 130 inches that he euro mounted. Um, and I mean that that eight pointer he killed, it was easily 120s. But I don't know that stuff as a kid. I mean, I just saw it this past this past summer, and I was like, okay, that's actually a good deer. Like, I'd be proud to shoot something like that. I mean, I'd be proud to shoot anything at this point especially after last season, not getting anything and missing. So yeah, man, I, 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 uh, I envy you for that. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I wish that I could have done that, but my first time out, um, I went with my buddy, Josh Chriswell, and it was on his mom's property. I had just bought a 308. Um, I had shot it a handful of times and I mean, I'd shot guns before, but I've never actually shot an animal. And he was showing me pictures of some good, 
I think he had a really like a really big eight point, probably one thirty class, and a ten point that I mean it had to be one fifties plus. I mean we're talking like solid deer, right? So I'm like, dude, this is your property. Um, you care if I shoot a big one if they show up? Because again, I'm thinking that's you know, even though my uncle kind of showed me I wasn't right, we're talking twenty year difference. So I'm sitting in that blind, and we we get in. And a doe, like, like really old doe that he told me every single time he goes in, she blows at him. She, of course, shows up, blows at us. And I'm thinking nothing's going to happen, right? So the sun comes up. And this is in this is November. It's like November 9th or something like that. So literally the rut had just started. And he had put some doe pee out. And I'm, I'm sitting there just waiting, you know, to see, a, to see a monster walk through those woods. And nothing shows up. And it's probably about 8, 8.30. And I'm thinking the day's over and I'm like, man, I, 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 I had to pee really bad. <laughs> I had never gone before, so I didn't know how to you know, plan for it or anything like that. So I'm sitting there pretty much like sweating at this point. And I looked at him and I was like, dude, if nothing shows up in the next five minutes, I'm just going to have to go. I, I'm going to have to get out. And as soon as I said that, he goes, dear, 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 it's a buck. And I look over. Well, just like how you said, I didn't look at antlers. I didn't care. I was like, all right. He's close enough. I don't even know how far he was. He had to be maybe 20 yards. And, <laughs> dude, I get the crosshairs on him, and I pull the trigger. And so I'm like, what am I going to do? I look at him, and I'm like, what do I do? He goes, chamber another round. He <laughs> – and I probably need to leave this part out. Um, let, let's just say that. How should I word it? It was um, an interesting choice of action. But anyway, he distracted the deer. Let's just, let's just put it that way. And I was able to get another round in. Thankfully, these deer were all rut-crazed, man. I mean, he maybe, he maybe bounded off five yards. So get another round in, keep the, get the crosshairs on him, pull the trigger, and he runs 30 yards, piles up. And – we're freaking out. I'm like, holy crap, dude. You know, I can't believe, you know, I, I was, I was, I was spoiled to be honest. I mean, it's my first sit ever in the woods and I just killed, you know, a, a, I mean, it was small. He had to be a year and a half, eight point, but even then I don't care. You know, um, I still have his antlers on my fire mantle right now. And after that, he uh, took the bleak can. He's like, all right, well, let's, let's let him die. Let's, let's hit the can again. It's the rut. They're all going crazy right now. We don't know what's going to show up again. He's like, you've got a two buck limit you could tag out right now. So he hits the bleak can and this little spike dude comes flying from behind the tent or from, from behind the blind. And he's like, shoot it, shoot it. I'm like, dude, I've got a rifle in my hand. I'm not going to hit you in the face just to shoot this thing. Like he's coming in too quick anyway. So, um, he had his gun with him. He took a shot at it and missed probably because everything was just, I mean, it was crazy. I've never, I've never to this day, I've never seen deer act like that. Um, and I know they get crazy, you know, but I've never seen that. Um, so yeah, man, after that, I was hooked. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've talked my wife's ear off just saying, oh, I think I'm going to do this or I think I can do that. And, you know, I've killed two other deer, two other bucks since then. Nothing huge. I mean, the prayer book's the biggest one. And I think I sent you pictures of it. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, it, it's it's addicting. If anyone that's listening doesn't do it, they need to do it. And especially bow hunting, I mean, 
we can get into that if you want to, because I know, isn't this year your first full year doing bow hunting? My first year. Yeah. I, uh, last year I did, um, I did crossbow last two years. I did crossbow. Uh, but this year will be my first year bow hunting. Now, did you kill anything with the crossbow? Yeah, uh, I actually got, <laughs> I got lucky as all get out really. Uh, but I got eight last year. Holy crap. Oh, that's right. I do remember you telling me about that. Dude. So, year. Let me ask you something. It's a, it's a highly debated topic and this wasn't even on what I was planning on talking about, but it just got me thinking. Um, how do you feel about people with crossbows hunting during archery season? Because I know a lot of people will talk bad on people with crossbows and they'll be like, oh, only kids should use it or only disabled people or old people or whatever. But just last year, the biggest typical buck ever killed in America was killed with a crossbow. Yeah. So it's like I'm kind of – you know, a little conflicted on it. Cause part of me is like, I want to go the whole Cam Haynes route and be, you know, pulling 90 pounds, shooting 120 yards being deadly. But then I'm like, if I just used my crossbow last year, I could have at least killed one deer, maybe two, you know? So it's like, how do you, how do you feel about that? Do you think that people, you know, that it should only be for kids and old people and disability or disabled, they should have their own season. Or do you think it's, you know, perfectly fine for, just any Joe off the street to go grab a crossbow from Walmart and go kill a deer. All right. So I'm going to give you a little, I'm going to give you like a two-sided answer on that. Uh, the, the first, the first side of it, do I still have you? Yeah, yeah you're good, man. Uh, the first side of it, um, it in a technicality world, it is considered a primitive weapon. So you can use it during gun season, muzzleloader season and bow season. Okay. Um, and I agree. You actually, when you actually think about the crossbow itself, let's, let's look at a compound bow that me and you were using. 65 to 70 pounds is what you pull back. Yeah. Crossbow, you have to pull back 185 pounds. Yep. So you need an actual tool. At least I did. I don't know if I'm just a weak, a weak exactly. little dude or whatever, but, you know, I'm not exactly – a, a stocky person. So I had to use the crossbow. Uh, I think it was the cable puller, but I mean, even then, you know, so yeah, I'm, I'm using the, the cocking strings is what I use as okay. well. All right. You know, it, it's, you're still doing the exact same thing that you are with a compound. It's just, you're setting it on the ground and pulling up. Yeah. And you do still have your AKA release, which is the trigger. Mm-hmm will have the limbs just like your compound bow yep in technicality world my first answer to that is it's the same thing okay uh, is it more refined towards people that want the action of a bow and arrow but they still want and they're trying to transition into a bow just take, take me for instance i wanted to transition into a bow so I start. I went from only ever hunting with a gun my whole life growing up. Yep. Crossbow because I can still pull a trigger. Yeah. But, but you now, can also hunt a whole month and a half before rifle season comes in. And where I live is what I don't know if you've looked at a actual like a like a regional map. Yeah. You there? Oh man. 
screen went black. Are you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. <laughs> so it's gonna be the whole podcast, man. Everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, you need better audio." Look, we're we're doing it on our phones, and we live out in the country, so service is not exactly the best. <laughs> I mean, they're just gonna have to deal with it. So the um, it was I used it as a transitional thing um, to transition into it from a firearm into a bow because it was the same, you know, squeeze the trigger, you know, it was the same thing for me. Yep. So you and I kind of went or went the same route then, because that's exactly what I did. Like to a T, that's exactly what I did. I did two, or actually I did really a season and a half um, with a crossbow. And then the end of, I think 20, no, actually the beginning of 2021, the end of that season, 2021, or sorry, the 20 to 21 season. Um, that last month or so I hunted with my bow, which I, dude, I'll tell you what, I'm glad I was not able to kill anything because shooting 40 pounds with a 370 grain arrow it would have bounced right off that deer and it would have looked at me and and probably just came and attacked me to be honest i mean it, i i honestly looking back feel like such an idiot for doing that but when you start you don't know anybody right 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 it's just like my son he he wants to i got him a new bow i got him a bear as well mm-hmm. good choice good choice. I, I got him a new bow and right He's shooting. Uh, he's shooting twenty six pounds with a twenty three inch draw length and a three hundred and twenty grain arrow. Okay. I told him. I said, "You can try and shoot a deer with your bow if you want, but you've got to be within ten feet of that deer." Yeah, man, you got to be super close. I mean, there are girl like there's women out there who are pulling. I, I was listening to a podcast. I don't remember who it was. It could have been Aaron Snyder's um, Kafaru cast. But I do know that Ranch Ferry, Troy Fowler, was on there about how he knew a girl who went to Africa and hunted Cape Buffalo. Like, literally one of the biggest, if not the biggest game animal on the planet, aside from, like, an elephant. And she was shooting 35 pounds with a six, I want to say a 650 or 700 grain arrow, and it zipped right through it. So, you know, people, and I'm not knocking Cam Haynes at all because, I mean, I respect that dude like crazy. He's he's a freaking monster. But n- you don't need to pull 90 pounds, you know, and you don't need to shoot like and that's that's kind of what you and I were talking about a few days ago about like like my setup's completely different from yours. You know, I'm much heavier arrow, actually 100 gra- literally 100 grains heavier. And um I mean we're shooting about the same poundage, but our draw lengths are different. I mean, you know, it, it's people just need to find what works for them, you know? And again, you're shooting fixed. I'm shooting mechanical. And we'll, I wanted to touch on the broadhead thing a little bit later, but that, I mean, it, it, you can kill pretty much a deer with anything as long as it's, it's all balanced out. Right. So honestly, I mean, your son probably could, if he bumped that arrow weight up, he probably could zip straight through a deer and have no problems. Yeah. So what I, what I got him to understand, I got him to understand that. And I said, look, from where we're planning on shooting and making contact with that deer to where our stand is, is, you know, 22 yards. Okay. So you don't have, and I'm trying to explain this to him and it, like, I'm not sure if you remember or not. He's high functioning autistic. So yeah, no, I remember. To understand kinetic energy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. He doesn't have the kinetic energy yet. Um, so at that far, so, yeah. so what I'm going to get him to do is 
I'm going to get into practice and get his poundage and everything like that up this year. Yep. Uh, he is going to go hunting with me, but I'm going to get him. I'm going to let him use my crossbow. Smart. Very smart. Next year, I'll let him, you know, he'll be ready, you know, for the bow next year. Yeah. Now, how old is he? Ten. Ten. Okay. Oh, yeah, man. Give him a year. He'll be, he'll be zipping through those things. He's ten. And he's got the mental, mental capacity of probably six or seven. Okay. Hey, that's old enough, man. I explain it to my daughter all the time. And, I mean, I'm taking her with me. She's not going to be actually trying to kill anything yet because she can't even pick up the crossbow that I have. But she, um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll explain. We went to the range. She has she has a bow. It's it's a little bear valiant or something like that, like some kid's bow. And, I mean, it shoots. I'm not knocking bear, but it shoots terribly. <laughs> that arrow will do almost flips in the air, man. It's ridiculous. But, I mean, she's kind of getting – the feel of it down like we sent her to a camp over the summer where she actually got to shoot a real trad bow and she did pretty good so yeah he, he's he's gonna be a killer i'm i'm sure of it especially if, if you're teaching him and he's shooting with you i mean i know you've only been doing it for a year but dude i've only been shooting my bow for two and a half years and you do it enough you kind of you know you learn quickly you learn what you need to do and and how to do it so he'll be fine my son, he can, you know, granted, again, his bow is not strong enough to actually do any damage. Yeah. Uh, as far as as far as his grouping, he's he's got a dead deer within six arrows. He's got a dead deer. There you go. All you need to do now, I think he'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, dude, you were about to have to start buy some fletchings, man. I mean, good lord. And for anyone who list, who's listening and hasn't seen the pictures, I mean. Just reach out to JD and he'll send them to you. They, oh my lord, man! I mean, <laughs> grouping. But I'll tell you what, because I only shoot when I practice. I only shoot one arrow. Um, main. I try to keep it like one or two shots because obviously in the woods you're only going to get one or two shots. And if I can keep them within the ten ring, I'm happy. But when I did shoot multiple arrows, I mean, they would group good. But I mean, I've never Robin Hooded one and. Man, you you were about about Robin Hooding. I mean, it, it was very impressive. With my first uh, boat I had for a little bit, that, uh, that elite that I was telling you about, yeah, that one I did. Uh, I did Robin Hood uh, once with that. Uh, I mean, I I consider it, it's not a it wasn't a full barrel Robin Hood. Yeah, but I did knock the knocks off a lot. I think the closest I've ever gotten was ripping the fletchings off. I actually ruined an arrow um, when I was practicing with my fixed blades uh, way earlier this summer. It's actually probably in the springtime. I uh, got back from – no, you know what? It was in the summer. It was beginning of summer. I went to Colorado for a fishing trip with my uncle, and I got back, and I bought some of those Q80 Exodus uh, broadheads because that time was what I was planning on using. And, dude, literally the first two arrows I shot, I had to refletch mine because I mean, and and actually, I ruined an arrow. The blade went to, like straight through it. Now it wasn't a Robin Hood, but hell, that that's close enough for me. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy with that. So, but yeah. So anyway, you you told me the first part about the crossbow thing. Well, what's your what's your opinion on the second part? The second part is, I know I've seen a lot of the stories like you've seen where it's, you know they're older, they want to older people or younger people and stuff like that. I, yeah. 
I don't agree with that. I I think that if anybody wants to get into it, it everybody that keeps giving them crap, honestly, it, it's they. I guess they think they're too proud of what they have. Yep, the macho man mentality. On everybody else, but yep. if they're getting into it, and for me personally. If we can go back to the daggone Rambo style where we're having to sneak up on them and kill them with a knife. Oh, yeah. Do it like the natives did. <laughs> Jump down from a tree with a spear. You know, if we have to do it that way, I'm down with doing that. But yeah. it's, I don't, what I don't like, though, is I have noticed more of a rap sheet with crossbow hunters that are in it for the sport. You mean and, like trophy hunting? Yes. And, but they won't even do anything with the meat. Yeah, dude, I've ran across a few people like that, and needless to say, I don't talk to them. I, 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 I won't kill anything I won't eat. And when people are like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go kill this giant buck, and I'm just not going to eat it. I'm like, then why are you doing it? I mean, I understand the antlers, but you can't eat that. So I've got a story based on that that just came up this weekend. Um, I've had this deer – on my property for about a year and a half mm-hmm. and watching him steadily, steadily for about a year and a half. He is real low to his ears, but he's ex- like his tines aren't tall at all. Yeah. I think the tallest four inches. Oh, wow. But he, he's eight inches past his ears. Holy crap. He's down. Extremely wide, a big old eight point. And he's an older deer. He's got the slouch back. I mean, he's seven, eight years old. Yeah. Might as well call him grandpa. <laughs> yeah. well, all right. We'll call him grandpa for the podcast. Okay. That's the name. Grandpa. I've been watching him. And the last video or picture that I got of him was June 17th. Of this year? Well, this year. Okay. So this is when I was starting to do all my summer scouting and, you know, fear, well, all, all that kind of jazz. So I'm out there and I'm seeing the cameras. I'm, I'm watching them and all that kind of stuff. June 17th pops up. He pops up on the camera daylight. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, cool. You get starting to get a game plan for what times he may come in come season. Well, this weekend I have the, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, the, the ring doorbell cameras. Yeah, I have one too. Love okay. that. When you get those ring cameras, does yours have that network thing to where you can get like the neighborhood watch um you know i get emails and alerts all the time but i don't are you saying like it sends you videos or shit or stuff like that where like they'll videos of like your neighborhood like people in your neighborhood like it networks all the ring cameras around you yeah i don't think we have that i just get alerts all the time about oh our neighbors did this so oh our neighbors are being super loud or oh we found a dog or something like that like just the normal neighborhood stuff because i'm in like a really small neighborhood literally in the middle of nowhere okay. so weekend i get a notification from an, a lady that was that lives like two or three roads down from me okay there's a dead deer in my backyard and i can't believe people are poaching it's not even season and all this other kind of stuff I go over there this weekend. Yeah. That dude's been dead in her backyard long enough to decompose to nothing but nothing but skeleton. It was him, wasn't it? Grandpa. Man. 
grandpa that still had an arrow in his shoulder. No, what was the arrow old? I mean, still, it, it was between however long it takes a deer to fully decompose. Probably about I don't know two weeks because I we have dead deer out here all the time, man. I mean, I'll literally drive past probably three or four every day, and I'll keep a track. Like I'll remember where they're at. You know, because it smells terrible. So I'm like, all right, hold my breath here. And then, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, it, it's probably about two weeks, I would guess, depending on what predator, uh, how much predation you have. Because, I mean, we got coyotes out here, but not really a lot. I've got a lot of coyotes. So, well, you know what to do with that. Do what now? I said, you know what to do with that. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, so, anyways, I went over there and. Uh, sure enough, arrow's still in the damn shoulder blade, and the antler's still there. I, I pulled the damn head up and looked. Sure enough, it was damn grandpa. Dang it. So this you see is- someone's poaching around, y'all. Yeah. Well, I mean, you. so you live in Cobb County, and, I mean, I know you know about Seek One. Um, oh. And that, I mean, Lee Ellis, who – episode one there's not a video they haven't put out that i haven't watched oh dude i, I watch it every night every i love it you know hey that might sound like fangirling <laughs> sorry when a local when a local group gets big like that i'm gonna support them and i mean i've talked to jay maxwell who used to be with them but now he's at 4610 um oh yeah dude okay yeah he he's i want to get him on here that'd be that'd be awesome um, but yeah, what? I, I, oh. so I wanted to talk about when they went on that golf course hunt. Hey, just reach out to him, man. He'll respond. And it's not, it's not okay. because of the podcast. I mean, I've been talking to this dude since spring, you know, like he'll respond. He might take a minute, but he'll, he'll definitely respond. Um, but yeah, they had a video, actually a couple videos where, I think it was from their first run of episodes when they were with Mossy Oak that Lee was hunting um, a deer named Tyson, who still to this day is probably one of the coolest bucks I've ever seen. He had two main beams on his left side, and I don't know what he would have scored, but, I mean, this deer was – I'll watch that video, that whole series, really, just to see this deer. I mean, he's a really cool-looking buck. But what happened was Lee was hunting – I think in someone's backyard or in like a neighborhood or something. Cause y'all, y'all lucky people out there get to do that. Um, Cause y'all got monsters out there. And he literally caught the guy. So the, I guess the whole story for people who don't know is Lee was hunting this deer. He had him on camera for a really long time. Um, he was patterning him. He was getting closer. And then all of a sudden the deer just disappeared. And Lee had pictures of a guy at about 12 a.m., close to the time that this deer disappeared, on on this property that he's not supposed to be on, like this dude was trespassing, and come to find out, the guy actually ended up killing Tyson. Lee has a video of this guy. The guy's claiming he didn't, and Lee is even saying he's like, "Dude, I have pictures of you on camera. Like you don't have to lie." And the guy still would not admit to it. So, I mean, I'm not gonna say there's a lot of poachers in Atlanta because that just sounds bad, but I know that they're out there. So the fact that you have that problem, especially probably in the same county he was hunting in, um, it makes me wonder, you know, maybe if y'all were around the same area, if it's the same guy or if it's just someone who just doesn't care, you know? 
I don't know. I don't know because I know that there's a lot of his that I've seen that are, you know, out in like Gwinnett and Forsyth and, you know, stuff, areas like that. Yeah. But the one, uh, I don't know if you remember the one Thor. Oh, yeah, dude. One of my favorite episodes. So Thor was actually taking about 20 minutes from my house. And he actually got the Cobb County archery record with that yep. deer. Yep. Yeah. I was going to bring that up. That deer. What, what's crazy to me about these Atlanta deer is I found out that they actually brought um, some deer from up north back in like the 50s or something. And because I guess the population in Atlanta was so low that they had to bring deer in. I don't, I don't know how or why the population got so bad. I know it's not bad now. Uh, well, it's bad, but it's not low. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they, they brought deer down from the north up in, like, Illinois, uh, Indiana, Ohio, all that stuff. So y'all's deer are technically, genetically, northern deer. So what blows my mind is a deer like Thor, who grossed 207 inches, his rack fits inside of Zeus's rack. Yeah, that's weird. So crazy to think about a deer. I mean, all those points that Thor had, he was like a 24-pointer or something like that. And, yep. I mean, that's a deer of a lifetime, if you ask me. I mean, I, I, I believe anybody who's listening to this would agree with that. But Thor, or I'm sorry, Zeus, he was just, he was so wide. So wide. One yeah, of the coolest looking deer got, I've ever seen. He had like a 22 or 23-inch beam, didn't he? Something like that. It's been a minute since I've watched that video. Um, cause for whatever reason, it's, it doesn't pop up as much as the others, I guess. Cause the others are new. Right. Yeah. And that, I mean, that was the first deer I ever saw them hunt. Cause I never knew, you know, again, I've only been hunting for four years, you know? So I never knew when I first started and thanks to them, they're the reason actually why I got into archery because that's all they did was bow hunt. It's same, you know, exactly. Same reason for me. That was ex- that they are why I got into bow hunting. Yeah, and and the thing is, like when I start first started watching their videos, um, I remember having a conversation with my wife. I was like, "Man, should I get a crossbow? Because you can hunt during that season, or should I get a compound?" And I was talking to my buddy Josh, and I asked him. He was like, "Man, just get a crossbow. You'll get used to it. You know, it's basically the same thing as shooting a gun. Which for me, how it feels, it feels like I'm shooting a gun. I mean, it takes me two minutes." to sight that thing in and I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm good out to 40 and the bow, what I like about it. Cause I'll, I'll have like family members and, you know, family friends and stuff like, Oh, why do you only bow hunt? Cause I mean, I haven't touched a rifle since I got that crossbow. I haven't hunted with one. I honestly, I barely even shot mine. Um, you know, I'm strictly bow hunting, which is pretty much why this podcast is called what it's called. And it's just, I like the challenge. You know, because I can take my bow one day and be shooting darts. And the next day, for whatever reason, I'm like completely off. And it's not it's not the bow. It's me. So it's just it's just practice, you know, stuff like that. I like so the reward. Yeah, man. And it it opens up so many doors. I mean, think about it. If, If we weren't bow hunters, we wouldn't be able to hit, you know, public land early. We wouldn't be able to hit our spots as early as we can. I mean, we have deer seasons in two and a half weeks. 18 days. Yeah, man. I mean, it, I'd still be sitting here. Oh, well, I probably need to shoot my rifle one more time. But yeah. that, that's fine. And I, I actually wouldn't even be able to bow hunt or I wouldn't be able to hunt any of the spots that I have if I didn't bow hunt. Because my grandparents won't let me hunt without a bow. And my in-laws, um, they won't let me hunt without a bow because their property 
is three acres that butts up to 150 acres. But between that, it's so basically the way that their property is set up is you've got it's like a funnel almost. Um, behind their house is a very tight funnel. I mean, it's three acres of just a straight line pretty much. Um, but then that feeds into big woods, but near next to those big woods is, is like a, almost a gated community, you know? So it's not like I can shoot a high power rifle back there because if I miss, or if that bullet goes through the deer and especially the soft spot, there's a chance it could hit a house and I'm not trying to hit anyone's pet or any, any, anybody. I don't want, I don't want to do that. So I'll be honest, man, bow hunting. I mean, it, it, I'm not going to say it saved my life, but it's damn close. Yeah. So. The main reason I got into the crossbow thing two years ago was because two years ago was when I moved into Cobb County and Cobb County is archery only. Yep. That's why I started with a crossbow. I said, all right, I can hunt here now. And yep. then that's what led in, you know, me seek one and, you know, knocking on doors and, you know, that's what got me into, into wanting to get a bow. Uh, yeah. And uh, now it's just, I'm a, I've already told some of my coworkers, it's, I'm afraid that once I take one this year, <laughs> I'm going back to anything else. <laughs> Look, man, I haven't killed anything with a bow yet. I've taken one shot on a doe and then had an opportunity at literally a buck of a lot. I, I told you about the, that buck. He was, he was no less than 160 inches. And, I'm, I'm hooked. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I'll probably never hunt with a rifle again, unless, unless I go to like Alaska and go grizzly bear hunting, which I don't, I mean, I want to go to uh, caribou hunting that, I mean, that's like literally the top of my list. But even when I do that, I'm still going to go take a bow. Like I I don't want to take any animal with a rifle. And some people think I'm crazy for that, but I mean, dude, it, the natives did it. If they could do it with a stick and I think we can do it with some with carbon and carbon fiber and and metal and all this other stuff, you know. So, which I've had some people say, "Well, why don't you try trad?" And I mean, I'd try it, but I don't think anyone's going to take me away from that compound anytime soon, if ever. So, I agree with you on that one. I, I agree. So, speaking of bows and all this other stuff, um, we're going on about an hour here, so. What uh, talk about broadheads? Because you and I have been talking about broadheads left and right. Um, I know you mentioned something about the Montex. I know you mentioned something about the Grim Reapers. You know what I'm using. I'm a diehard Mega Meat fan. Um, if that fails me for whatever reason, I'm switching over to the QAD Exodus, which I personally feel. I mean, the Montex is amazing. Don't get me wrong. I actually that was the first broadhead I ever bought, and a horror story I have with that. Not to not to knock it because I'm not. It's a great broadhead, and I'm happy you're using it. But the very first shot I ever took with my crossbow, I was using the Montec, and I missed a doe at 12 yards. And I had sighted this thing in, and for whatever reason, it just – I mean, I had the crosshairs right on her. I wasn't shaking too bad or anything like that. I didn't rush it for whatever – I mean, I, I, I hit her. There was blood, and I tracked her for like 300 yards. I was on the neighbor's property. I was covered in seed ticks. I mean, it, it was – it was a nasty mess, dude. And I missed her, just plain and simple. So I'm more of a mechanical guy than a fixed blade guy, but I know that fixed blades have their place and they're definitely more reliable. So what drew you towards the Montec and what drew you towards the Grim Reaper? All right. So 
the what drew me to the Grim Reaper was just the sheer, the, just the sheer fact of the cutting diameter. Because that's that three inch, right? Three inch. It's the Grim Reaper White Tail Special uh, razor tip. It's got a, it's got basically a full measurement of it was like a three inch cut, cut, uh, cutting diameter. Got it. I was like, oh man, I, I'm that would be stupid not to do that. Yeah, I agree. It's like, oh, that that deer is gonna drop in its tracks. Now, have you ever noticed? I mean, I don't, I don't. You haven't shot any deer with with that, right? I've not. Okay. Uh, what, what broadhead were you using when you shot the crossbow? All right. So when I went with a crossbow, I did a little research, and this may bleed into why you missed. Okay research on the crossbows and you got to look at it from a bow standpoint because that's what it is it's a bow turned sideways yep all right so we were going with this because <laughs> i ran into this when i started shooting exodus but keep going you can't tune a broadhead on a crossbow you said you can't tune one you can tune your up and down and you can tune your left and right as far as like how the arrow flight is yeah point of impact you can't tune it so then why do they do fixed blade crossbow heads that doesn't make any sense it's marketing and what they can oh, sell yeah i ran into that quite a bit the reason they're labeled crossbow is because the flute is actually a little bit bigger okay i never so, heard before yeah you look at the measurements on the flute is bigger because a crossbow bolt is bigger than an arrow but yeah, but it's that, so that makes a lot of sense. What I was getting to is you can tune your flight of your broadhead versus your field point with your bow. Yep. Rest and you know your strings and stuff like that. You, yep. know, you adjust your D loop, all that kind of stuff. You can't do that with a crossbow because it's on a so, rail that won't move. Exactly. So what I started doing was I went to I was using my crossbow was I used the, uh, I think it was the Rage 207. Oh, yeah. I know I know what you're talking about. That's actually, I shot a Rage. The two the two bucks that I killed with the crossbow, um, including the prayer buck, I killed him with the Rage no-collar two-inch cut. And, I mean, look, I'm not a huge fan of Rage by any means as far as a compound goes. But I'll tell you what, man, they are deadly in in a uh, in a crossbow i mean I, there's pictures on my instagram and facebook and all that but dude this guy went 20 yards and piled up yeah yeah I mean, they're unbelievable and i think what it is is like because i've been doing a lot of broadhead testing and i'm i'm very sorry for cutting you off you just you got me on a tangent now uh i was hoping you were gonna say rage um what i've noticed with the rage is it takes a lot of pressure to make those blades open up like a lot of pressure. And I don't think we're getting that with, with a bow. I mean, you can shoot like a heavy arrow, and yeah, all that kinetic energy and stuff will probably make it open. But, I mean, Jay Maxwell is a perfect example. He's shooting, or he was shooting a 460-grain arrow at 70-pound 70, 70 draw with a 29-inch draw length, and it literally bounced off of the rim. Wow. So I'm like, dude, I'm not going to use that. I'm not going to use something that's going to, you know, that's going to not even – I mean, you might as well shoot a field point at that point. That'll probably penetrate better. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend that. I mean, I don't even think you legally can do that. But how are, how are people – because I've watched videos too 
Like with the juries, that's a perfect example. I've seen them get full pass-throughs on that, and it doesn't make any sense. Because I'm like, I've literally heard horror stories of Ray just not opening or just bouncing off. So so you said you were using the Rage. Yeah, Yeah, I was was using the Rage on my crossbow. uh, And now I don't know if the Drury's are using this or not. I know they're using Rage, and I know they like their Rages. But Rage has now made – it's an orange one. Uh, but I can't remember the the model name of oh, it. It's that's the um the Rage Extreme two point three, cut on contact. But it has it's actually designed for low kinetic energy. Yep, fifty five pounds and it opens up. That's what they claim at least. I mean, again, I I so it's funny you bring that up because last season when I was using my bow for the first full season, I was shooting those, but for the compound version, the the gold ones, and thankfully I. I wasn't using that when I missed the dog. I was using the Exodus, but um, I was shooting probably about 55 pounds and my arrow weight was around your weight. Now I'm not saying it wouldn't work because I mean, clearly you, you've got the right setup. You're using a fixed blade, all that stuff. But wow. after learning what I've learned about arrow weight and kinetic energy and all this other stuff, especially my short draw length and low poundage, I don't know if it would have, if it would have done the job. With with that specific broadhead and, and arrow setup, now on a crossbow, I mean the thing's moving so fast, it, it really doesn't matter. But on a compound, I'm not so sure. I do know that Mark Drury uses the um that exact one you're talking about. He's got a video on it. He actually he does a video with that exact broadhead with one of his biggest deer. I don't. I think he was called the Traveler or something like that. It was some 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 name. I don't, I don't remember what it was, but this deer. I mean, he, he was a monster, dude. And in the video, he gets a full pass through. So I'm like, maybe not that bad, but. So uh, with all the research I've been doing it, on getting back to the Grim Reaper, um, like I said, I, I bought him because I saw him and I saw, the, I saw the label that said, you know, three inch. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. So I bought him. And, and then I started doing more research on him. And it requires or their recommendation is 65 pounds of kinetic energy or higher. Okay. I started doing the calculations on it, and even with my setup, I'm at 61 pounds of kinetic energy. Mm. So it's like, eh, I don't know. in there. Yeah, I'm not real sure on it. And I got my phone target, my 3D target with it, and it did pass all the way through, like not the whole arrow. Yeah, but but the broadhead out the back and it was open and i was like hmm okay but then again this is foam not skin and not bone, not meat you know it's just exactly so it's like and i'll put those up on the shelf i'm not going to use them and yeah. i'm going to go with a, a fix because i'm not at 65 pounds of kinetic energy i'm just going to go with a fixed blade yeah and th- those montex i mean i've watched plenty of videos I, they've been around for almost 20 years now i think they'll do the job They'll 100%. The only thing that I've learned on those is that out of the package, they're not super sharp, but they're, they're super simple to sharp so or to sharpen. So it's not like, you know, you're buying a, a dull broadhead and you can't do anything with it. You know, I did have, I did have an issue with the original Montex uh, that have been around forever. Yeah. Uh, issue of whistling. Yep. Uh, so are you using the M3s now? The M3s. Got it. Okay. 
I'm using the M3s, and I so far I love those things. That's a solid broadhead. That's a very solid broadhead. I haven't shot one, but I know um, Kip Campbell from Red Arrow uses them sometimes when he's not shooting the Mega Meat. Um, I mean, I've heard nothing but good things about them. I know the Montec had a smaller hole, though, so I don't know if they've made the new one a little bit wider. Um, but I guess, dude, you put that thing in the pump house, it's not even going to matter. I mean, this guy's shooting, you know, basically knife tips, you know, when they use those two-blade fixed. Um Two blade, yeah, 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 like the tough heads and all that. I mean, they that works, and the the natives use that. So as far as I'm concerned, you can't go wrong with it. Once you get into that, then you start getting into another debate of the you know single bevel versus dual bevel, and yeah, man, I don't know if we have time to get into that one. <laughs> That's, that uh, I, you know, just to touch on that, it kind of. It makes sense what they say about the single bevel. I have seen a lot of videos, like especially um, – I don't know if you've heard of him, Lusk Archery Adventures. He yes. does He does two videos a week, and he's done a lot of videos on single bevel versus double bevel. And, I mean, from what he's showing, there is, I, there is rotation with the, with the single. But yeah. it's so much harder to sharpen. So I don't yeah. – you know, and, I mean, let's, let's be honest here. Those broadheads that are – the good ones that are single, they're expensive as hell. They're like a hundred dollars for three. And I'm not. Oh, yeah. That's mega needs right there. So, you know, not at all. I, and that's another reason why I got the M3s is to to be completely honest with you. I got the M3s because every store I've been to, every single store I've been to, even my bow shops that I go to, yeah, everybody has M3s. I cannot find. The Dagom Exodus anywhere, dude. So you're up in um, you're in Cobb County. Go to either Bass Pro Shops in Lawrenceville, like a thirty minute drive for you, maybe forty five minute, or Cabela's up in Ackworth. They've got them. They're not the sweat blade. Now I've, I'm shooting the sweat blade, but I started with the full. There's no difference. There's literally no difference. The only difference is that. You know, the full, <clears throat> sorry, the full blades are legal in every state and the swept are legal in only some. They're legal in Georgia. But when you shoot them into foam, the swept will tear up that foam. The The full blades won't. So that's yeah. literally the only difference. About the Cabela's and Ackworth. I go up there every weekend. They, don't <laughs> they, do not, they haven't had those in, I think the guy even said, he's like, we haven't had those in about three months. You know why, right? Everybody's got them. Yep. <laughs> I'm not trying to plug them, but, man, they are they are some amazing broadheads. Like I said, that's the reason I got the M3s is because that's the closest I can get to an Exodus. Yeah. That, well, they do make um, – I actually think Grim Reaper has one that's pretty similar. Or G5. G5 makes one that is basically the exact same thing but vented. Um, I think it's the G5 Striker V2. Striker and- V2, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the only thing I, the only issue I have with those, and I love G5. I'm, it's probably one of, if not my favorite broadhead uh, manufacturers. But the one thing I do what? G5 side on my bow. I, I love G5. Oh yeah, I mean they're, dude, they're awesome. The only thing about the Strikers and the Striker X that I've seen is those blades are not as durable as I would like them to be. They are Lutz blades, and look, 
the Mega Meat, I mean, I've already bought a pack of replaceable blades because I know that they're probably going to bend. I know they're probably going to break. It is what it is, man. I mean, it's a mechanical, you know? And like I said, if I have an issue with those, I'm going to switch over to the Exodus. But I, I feel like a fixed blade shouldn't be that brittle. You know, I don't, I don't, I feel like when you shoot a, a fixed blade into, um, like steel, like what lust does, those blades should be fine. They shouldn't have nicks in them. They shouldn't be, you know, there shouldn't be blade chatter. There shouldn't be any sort of deformed part on that fixed blade. Cause it's a fixed blade. It's supposed to be reusable and yeah, they're, they're replaceable, but I mean, I'm sure those blades aren't cheap. So I don't know. I mean, I, if, if you're going to stick with G5 and go fix, I would say you're using the perfect one. That's, that's, what, that's what made me weigh my option. When I realized I couldn't get the QAD here where I'm at, Yeah. Uh, I, and I saw all the other ones, and I'm like, you know what? All these are, you know, fluted blades. They're all open. They all, they're all going to whistle. It's yep. like, and they're real thin. They're brittle. And so I, I went with the solid one, and that's why I got the M3. It's very smart. Now, are you opposed to trying different mechanicals? Like, say, I, say I have some extra G5s or some um, extra Mega Meats. Are you opposed to to trying those out? If if they if if they will open with my sixty one pounds of kinetic energy and I don't have to worry about them opening, yeah, I'll do it. Well, I can put your mind at ease then because I talked to Jay and. I just asked you um, because he, I don't know if you know, is sponsored by G5 now and he's shooting the mega meat with a 406 really? or 409 grain arrow at just about, you're shooting how many pounds again? 64.6. 66? 64.6. 64.6. Okay. So you're, you're maybe six pounds lighter than him. It's not going to change much. You might lose one or two foot pounds of kinetic energy. So I think you'd be fine because T-Bone told me that um, it takes three three pounds to make those blades open. And I've tested it. And they don't – it doesn't take hardly anything to make those things open. The only problem I have with them, and it's an upgrade from their spider uh, – what was it? The spider clip that they used to use for the T3 that this this broadhead's based off of. Um, yeah. yeah. Dead meat, yeah. Well, it's, it's basically the dead meat, but you know, it's older. And then, I mean, the mega meat is just a dead meat, but a two inch cut instead of a one and a half. But, um, the only thing I have with these mega meats that I, I mean, it's not a big issue because I would I double check my broadheads and everything before I knock an arrow anyway. But it, um, the, the, the clip that they have, the retaining clip, you have to make sure that those things are clipped in, and you can hear it. I mean, it's very simple to do, but it's just. I've had a couple where I'll pull them out of the quiver and they pop open just a little bit. It's no big deal just to pop them right back, you know, and then they fly exactly like that point, the BMP that they send with you. I almost had to refletch an arrow last week because I tested them side by side and literally they stack right on top of each other. So I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to sway you to it, but if, uh, if you want to try them out, I could probably throw you one and, and see what you see what you think. Because I mean, if you have you seen the pictures of what this broadhead does? Yes, and I've watched I've watched uh, T Bone's video on the Mega Meat uh, versus. He did a video uh, Mega Meat versus Dead Meat, 
and I was watching that one, and yeah, I like it. I like it. I'm just I'm worried about the the blade opening. Is it going to deploy? Is it not going to deploy? What's you know that that right game you, question? That question in my head is what's always kept me. Nah, I just go fixed. Yeah, and, and my thing with it is um, blade deployment. You know, I I've looked at sever sever. I think honestly. Because I mean, I I just, I just really like the mechanical side of it. Um, I've literally been looking at Sever is basically just a Rage, but better. And their their deployment system, dude, your son could open up open one up. I mean, that's how easy they are to deploy. But the thing is, too, they stay locked in place, and they also will not. I mean, there's absolutely no way that that thing's going to open up in your quiver when you pull it out. You're basically shooting a field point with blades, and I mean, yeah, I'm going with the G5, but Aaron Snyder told me that he prefers to sever over over G5. Um, and, I mean, I, I trust that guy, like, pretty much with anything hunting-related. I mean, dude is, is a killer. And, you know, if the G5 doesn't work for me, which I'm sure it's going to, you know, I, I feel like I'm making it sound bad, but if the G5 doesn't work, I might try the sever out or I'll just go fixed. But, you know, if you try a mega meat out and you don't like it and you want to still shoot a mechanical, then I would definitely say go with sever. Cause to me, they're like maybe one step below the G fives just because I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the, of the slicing kind of cuts. I like more of a hole, Yeah, but yeah, I hate that cause I've killed two deer with the rages. And I mean, the hole was much bigger than what the broadhead was. Like we're talking a three or four inch hole. So it's kind of energy right there. Yeah, man. I'm a hypocrite. It is what it is. <laughs> Everybody is. Um, a little bit over an hour. So I wanted to bring up two, two deer that I asked you about that you told me you didn't know. Um, the first one was the Jordan buck. Have you looked that up at all since we talked about it? Well, I was actually, I was tempted to look it up. But I was like, nah, he said he wants to bring it up to me. So so I, did, I didn't. I, I wanted you to bring it up to me. Gotcha. Well, I mentioned earlier um, that a guy named Derek Huff killed the largest typical whitetail in U.S. history last season um, with a crossbow. And to all the haters, fuck it. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's a big deer, dude. I, I don't care what he shot it with. But that deer beat the Jordan buck by – about five inches. The Jordan buck was a deer that was killed back in 1914. Um, I don't remember the guy's first name. I, I had it up on my laptop, but my laptop just died. So it's, it's everybody who's going to listen is going to probably know about this deer. If not, they can look it up. But um, this deer was killed by a guy whose last name was Jordan. It was a 206 inch typical. And he, I mean, back in 1914, they didn't really pay attention too much to, to, you know, score. It was kind of just, oh, this is a big deer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot it. What ended up happening was he, I want to say, found the deer, had it mounted, and then it was either stolen or he lost it somehow. And for 50 years, he, he didn't know what happened to it. He, he just, he didn't have it anymore. Someone, it got sold in like a garage sale 50 years later. And this guy put it up on um, some bar wall. And it was actually Jordan's 
I think grandson or nephew or something like that went in there one day and saw it and was like, that deer looks familiar. So he went back in his pictures and realized that it was the deer that his grandpa or his uncle, whoever he was, had killed. So he brought it back. Unfortunately, Jordan died and he never got to um, he never got to realize that he had killed the largest typical deer up until last year Um, in in America. Now, Milo Hansen killed the largest typical on record in I think Alberta or Quebec or something like that which was like a 213 inch. I think it was like 213 net and 218 gross. Um, so yeah, dude, that, I mean, the fact that that deer was lost for 50 years and then found again was absolutely insane to me. So I, when you shared that picture on Facebook and then told me you didn't know about that deer, I had to tell you about it because it's probably one of the craziest stories I've ever heard. It's insane. But that leads into the Rumpola buck. Now, did you get a chance to look at that one yet either? I did not. I wanted you to film me. Dude. That deer, and I have to uh I have to make this kind of quick because the wife was texting me. <laughs> but um that deer supposedly, okay. Now th- this deer it, it, it divided the entire hunting community. It was supposedly killed back in two or in nineteen ninety-eight by a guy named Mitch Rompola, and he at the time was known as a as a big buck killer i mean he he claimed to have had the michigan state record at um i think like 12 years old and he he basically walked around as if he was you know the best deer hunter on the planet and a lot of people said that he was basically a whitetail in a human's body i mean this guy supposed every single day found a bunch of huge deer and all this other stuff well in 1998, he claimed that he killed the new world record typical, which grossed 220, and I think the net was like 216. So a couple inches. But the problem with it was when he at first did claim that he killed this world record breaking deer, he had three Michigan scores. I'm sorry, three. Yeah, you know what it was? It was it was whatever Michigan group was up there at the time. It was like the renowned group for them that score in that, in that state. They all went, they all said it was legit. But the problem was he wouldn't let the skull get scanned. Like he wouldn't let the deer get scanned to see if it was actually real. Cause if you look at it um, and Google it after we get off of here, you can kind of tell the deer is a little bit funky. I mean, he's a giant deer. If it, if it really was real, I mean, it's literally what you would dream about. But the problem was with other photos that he had posted, um, you can clearly tell that it's does with antlers screwed on their heads. And I mean, it's so obvious. And what ended up happening was Milo Hansen got a lawyer and basically said to Mitch, he was like, look, put up or shut up, man. Like, get this deer scored officially, prove that it's real or stop calling it the world record because it was taking money away from Milo, who actually did have the world record. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so what ended up happening was Mitch basically turned into a recluse. Nobody has seen the deer since all this went down. And there's claims that it got burned in a fire. There's claims that, you know, it it was sold. I mean, I, I personally think that it was fake because he, he had a pretty, pretty shady criminal record um, with underage girls, a guy that he was working with who owned a certain – um, scent company at the time got busted for something to do with his with his niece or something like that who was like 14 
And in my opinion, if you're running around with somebody that's like that, I'm not going to trust anything you say, especially since you just wouldn't, you refuse. Someone offered him $10,000 to go get that thing proven that it was real and he wouldn't do it. And ever since then, no one's heard anything from him. And up with that then. Yeah, man. So, I mean, I don't know. It could be real. It could not. There's videos of the deer when he's supposedly walking up on it. It looks kind of legit, but at the same time, the photos, it's just, it's just weird, man. It's just a weird deer. And I don't think we're ever going to figure out what the true story is. So that's basically it. There's a lot more on the internet that you can look at, but just to make it kind of short and sweet, uh, that's pretty much the story. So I don't know if you want to look it up on Google, you can, you can kind of make your own opinion on it, but yeah, I think it's fake. I think he got caught up in antler scores and that was pretty much it. Yeah. So, but yeah, man. Um, I don't know. You got anything else? Uh, let's see here. Um, getting, uh, getting back to what you were talking about with, uh, the deer back in the fifties and sixties, uh, brought in to County. Sorry, what? You there? JD? So getting back to like what you were saying about the, in the fifties and sixties, the Northern deer getting brought in to help the population in Cobb County. Yeah. So there's actually uh, a controversy on that with uh seek one. Oh, are you talking about the helicopter thing? Yes. <laughs> All those comments, on that kind of stuff. It's yeah. like, eh. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think so. See, the only thing that gets me questioning it is the fact that every episode that they drop, it's on a monster that supposedly, you know, either Lee or Drew or whichever one of those, you know, has been watching the deer uh, for like four or five years. Yeah. Y'all haven't. They what? Sorry, you cut out. Did I lose you? Oh no, it happened again. My screen's still on. I don't. I don't know what was going on. It's <laughs> still on. Um, so what were you saying? They haven't. You know, they haven't been doing videos for four or five years so how can they say in their episodes that they've been watching this deer for four or five years yeah i mean i get i get what you're saying but they um they they have explained it that they you know have been doing this before they decided to ever make videos um i just don't think it's possible man i I really don't i think that people just don't want to believe that deer will get that size down here but i mean Uh <laughs> I won't believe it. I, I want I want those deer to be in my house. Yeah, no, I, I hear you on that. I, I'm I'm pretty sure they're legit. All right, but cool, man. Well, this has been a long, good episode. Um, I've got to get going. Not a lot. Yeah, we will definitely do it again, man. And I really appreciate you coming on. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. I appreciate it. Awesome, appreciate. It.
Appreciate you having me. Yeah, man. Anytime. All right, man. All right. Appreciate it, bud. Hey, y'all. Just wanted to apologize for the audio issues in this episode. Um, we didn't know that this was happening, especially the sped up sounds until after the recording was over. But I wanted to apologize to Dustin Huff. Um, I said his name was Derek. <laughs> and for whatever reason, that's the name that popped in my head. But the, um, the guy who killed the largest typical whitetail in U.S. history's name is Dustin Huff, not Derek Huff. So, Dustin, I'm sorry, buddy. Um, if you listen to this, I apologize. But once again, man, congrats on such a huge deer. And I'm excited to see what you get this year, man. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Once again, I apologize for the audio issues, but the next episode will not have that. Thank y'all again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. Go give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and our YouTube channel.